I love these actors or whatever, but like they can't continue. Like Hugh Jackman cannot continue being Wolverine. I know he's doing it for Deadpool. 3, it's already but crazy how long he's done it. I know. I feel like Logan, which I don't want to talk about ever again, but I feel like oh, Logan almost <laughs> ended this show. Genuinely, I feel like okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that almost happened. I mean, I know. I'm Maddie, by the way. Welcome okay, well, I, I, I was in. Su- I've been in such a terrible place mentally for like two months right now. Genuinely, okay. I'm not going to say that Logan caused it because that's not true. Like the timeline doesn't match up. Well, just the However, timing is just I feel insane. Like, okay, so welcome to the Mutant Ages. We're a show that reviews every adaptation of the X Men when we're not like in emotional crisis, aka the movie Logan. Okay, we're here. We're queer. We're doing the show. <laughs> Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power grow in us, both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X-Men and the mutant brotherhood. All of their adventures, more than anyone should. From the comic book pages to Uh, if you're listening to this way in the future, you're probably like, what are they talking about? But like, we took a couple week break from the show because we had to like redo our schedule and also like figure out how we were going to fit watching the gifted into our lives. But also we're We're running running out of material, material, which I've like refused to acknowledge for the past year. Like Ryan kept pointing it out and I'm like, no, we're not, (laughs) but we are. I mean, okay. Tech. Technically, we could sit there and be like, oh, we'll watch Superhero Super Squad because Wolverine is in it. But that's like three seasons of The Avengers, you know? Also, like, I don't want to watch like a million seasons of like Spider-Man and Logan or whatever the fuck uh, that Spider-Man show is. And Logan, it's like Iceman. What are you even saying? What am I thinking of? Isn't there a Spider- <laughs> Isn't there a Spider-Man show that Logan is also on from like the 60s? Oh, I think that... Like that... a really, really old one. Yes, that is... I think that's still Spider-Man and Friends. And there's a couple episodes where they and go Friends. to the x-men mansion and those two episodes we'll watch on the show but it's like not one of those scenarios where i'm like do we want to watch the entirety of spider-man and friends because iceman and firestar are on air and technically (sighs) that for therefore counts as i mean i don't really want to do that but but that's i mean i feel like that we started kind of having an existential crisis a little bit and then also we watched logan and i think all of us including todd on the episode were like we want to die <laughs> like, it was like back to back this? with the wolverine anime which was not good and i no. i mean it's so crazy because i had such a long hiatus from watching anime and i, I watched the x-men anime and i was like man i miss watching anime, anime. Rules. and you like watched some chainsaw man and like you were feeling good and i've been watching a ton of it again and i've been actually re-watching stuff from one i like i haven't seen in 30 years because there was no way to watch anything in consecutive order back in the days. So I was like, huh, how does Outlaw Star actually go if you watch it in order? So now I'm, or Ranma, like, so I've been doing that. Yeah. And then Wolverine, I was like, oh, this will be fun because it's a Wolverine anime. 
It was not fun. It was terrible. No. And then it was, it was followed really by my least favorite Fox film. Yeah. <laughs> Which I actually didn't think was my least favorite Fox film, but like now it is. And maybe this will be a moment where in 10 years we'll be like, we were just in a bad place when we watched it then. And we'll like think about it in a different way then. Listen, when we saw Logan initially in theaters, I was in a, we bad, were in a bad place, place then also. too. And I'm just yeah. like, when am I not in a bad place? It's like, <laughs> is it Logan? Like, is Logan putting us in a bad place? Okay. So while we're on it, uh, okay, this is kind of like weird because we did we will have already released the pilot episode of the gifted prior to this episode coming out this is the second episode of the gifted that we're now reviewing but the gifted is also really dark and sad it's actually pretty good so far it's good i know that it goes off the rails eventually But where i was going with that thought is it's gonna be hard for us to like tell jokes and like be our wacky selves We'll we'll manage it, but like, well, that's because we don't have a cartoon. Yeah, and also know? like, it's this is a far cry from like the Fantastic Four app that we had Rite on, or like the Two XL, but like that those episodes were so fun, and like doing those, I was like, it's maybe we should just that we might need to break up the show a little bit with those. You well, know what I'm saying? Basically, I'm just like to the listeners, we we might just kind of do what we need to do mentally to get through this. <laughs> And we're all in this together, and we're all part of the mutant underground. You know what I'm saying? Like I mean, everyone's gonna come we along are. with us. We are having emotional problems at this time. This is this is hilarious <laughs> to me because I, I'm just gonna go ahead and reveal a plot point that's gonna come up in this episode is that we finally yeah. find out what happened to Jace's kid that made him join Sentinel Services and be like death to mutants. And yes, the result is. And this is and this is why it's like it's unfunny in the show because this is actually a very serious show. But if it was a cartoon, it would be hilarious because of the the situations that the cartoons put shit in. So like basically his kid is one of the victims that are running between the X-Men and the Brotherhood and the X-Men animated series yes, opening. Like literally in that opening that we talked about on like episode two of the Mutant Ages, where I was like, there's just a, a bunch of humans in the middle being like screaming and running away. They're all mutants and they're all equally scary. Both sides are bad. I don't I don't see the political differences here because like the humans on that show are just constantly caught, caught in the crossfire. And that kind of ends up being a theme. In the, and in sometimes it's actually presented fairly comedically right. on that show, where it'd just be like a guy in New York being like, can you believe this? But on this show, it's like Jace, what is, what's his name? Jace Turner or something like that? Yeah, it's Jace Turner. The, yeah. the cop who's, who's going after the family on this show. The, the Strucker, Strucker family. family. Your Nazi friends. <laughs> yeah, the, they don't even know they're Nazis. I can't wait for that plot reveal. Where well, they're, they're they not Nazis. It, it's well, like they, you, you can't say know. that because you're you can't right. turn I'm to right. somebody in Germany <laughs> and be like, "Hey, your relatives were Nazis. How do you feel okay. about that? Are you a Nazi?" I'm sorry, <laughs> you're right. That's I. I genuinely like phrase that wrong. They don't even know they're related to Nazis. I right. think. Okay. Right. I don't think they know that on this show yet. No, they discovered that later. I and think, I think in this episode, even there's some implication. Well, that's like the cliffhanger. They're like, yeah. what happened before? You know, whatever. Yeah. And and like the grandma character comes in and she's like, I don't speak to my husband anymore. Oh, I'm so glad she's on this show. She's only in one more episode, but I like that actress and I'll get to that in a second. But I was yeah. going to say, going back to this whole thing with the humans running between the mutants and all mm-hmm. the politics behind that. Wolverine and the X-Men had, like, six strong episodes that are all, like, equally my favorite, but I really do love that episode where Cyclops just loses his fucking mind, and he's like, where's Jean? And he runs through his, like, New York City chasing after Arclight, just blowing up 
like the city he's like blowing oh up God. the ground and buildings and people and cars and people are screaming and dying and, and like he like gains the power of flight because he's shooting so many laser beams at the ground and like blowing up train stations underground people are dead now like it's absurd so i mean there this is where the mutant metaphor has always been tricky for us because we can't like comparatively be like well you know, it's not a marginalized class because marginalized people are dangerous and they have guns for eyes. But, yeah. like, you know, it's like one of those situations where you're like, Jace is mad about what happened to his kid that died. And yes. if it was like Cyclops and we watched Cyclops run around, it, we like, would just, be on Jace's side. I, we that's would be how like, I feel. I'm maybe like, Cyclops should like go in timeout for a hot second. Like, maybe the, the end maybe of that episode of Wolverine and the X Men is literally Logan of all people being like, Cyclops, what the fuck? are you doing like you it's know? like one of the funniest endings because it's like cyclops crying in a bed and logan is like <laughs> i'm the one saying this to you why did you freak out that well, bad? because the because the two of them are like so emotionally unstable at all times it's like i they, know i can't believe we're now in a place where we're like reminiscing about wolverine and the x-men of all things <laughs> i mean i don't know but, but it is i mean i will say I do kind of miss having some of those characters that we love. I mean, I love Polaris on this show. She's a scene stealer. I love her. But like everyone else here is like either completely original or like (laughs) Blink is on the show, but she's not a character. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay, so I did not do this last week because I thought I deleted the notes, but I didn't. But I didn't do Who's That X-Men on Blink because I was like, mm. oh, that's who I wanted to do last time we recorded. I mean, we can and we could just as soon do it this week. Well, we will. And I have it. I still have the notes. Oh, well, I just was sort of like... Spoiler alert. Right. I know. <laughs> but anyway, so like I, the thing that I find really interesting is that, of course, Emma Dumont as... Um, Polaris, Polaris is Lorna, inarguably really good. And also when um, yeah. I don't remember the actress who plays the the cuckoos, she's pretty good too. Oh, but, well, she's not on the show yet, but no, the cuckoos will be there later. But there's like a lot of characters and they're not bad actors. I just feel like no. Lorna is a star- steam stealer, but really I'm so fascinated. Like, I, I love Lorna's stuff, but this is on par for Polaris in the comic books. Like everything that she's going through. I'm like, yeah, Polaris is really edgy like this and kind of like... Mm-hmm. You know, she's Magneto's kid. What do you expect? But she's kind of like a hot spark. Like, she's she's quick to t- to anger. She, that's how she right. got in prison in the first place was because she, she couldn't let it go and was, like, getting into a, a tussle with a cop when they were already on the run. And, like, she needed to just let it go and keep running. Like, they've presented that really well with just a few scenes. And Emma Dumont's facial expressions alone sell it. No, I agree. And what I find really interesting about this show is that I really like... Caitlin Strucker and Lauren Strucker, who are made up for the show, which is Amy Acker, who is an incredible actress. She's we, amazing. I mean, we've already referenced her on this show because we did that whole episode with Connor and we were talking about Angel. So, you know, we yeah, know a lot about that's her. That's true. Already. But also, I don't really know too much about Natalie Allen Lind that plays um, Lauren. Yeah, she hasn't had that many roles. No, since but this I, point. I feel that. Well, apparently she does the voice of Wonder Woman in some direct DVD oh, that's TV show. Cool. I, know, I right? was looking at her IMDb and, <laughs> and I was kind of surprised that she hasn't had many other roles, but she's still pretty young. And she is pretty this young. Was a good role for her early on. And you, you never know how long she's going to stay acting or acting. Right, exactly. So anyway, um, I really am so interested in those two characters because obviously Amy Acker is similar to... Um, Emma Dumont is just a scene stealer. She's so good on on screen. She's great. And her perspective for her character is very interesting because she is 
probably the only human that's going to be on this show that ends up being like the nurse to the mutants and sort of her navigating what it's like to see things on the other side and how she just quickly because they introduced this idea that she's a nurse that is not racist but has in the past <laughs> sort of been like you know like i have a privileged life yeah sort of like an anti moira mctaggart type where it's like yeah. she's the human character she finds out her kids are mutants but she there's a lot of conversations in this episode where people who are mutants are explaining to her that they just don't have the same rights and she i know and she feels for them and i i think that's an interesting story to tell is that we need more human care i think we talked about this in a previous episode we did where some we were trying to compare it might have been with gargoyles even. no 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 I, it was oh, a reader no, meal right. we were like who's the elisa maza amy acker is kind of playing the elisa maza of this show that is the character that she's playing on this show and because in the comics there is not is the gifted the x-men adaptation of gargoyles it is not Jesus it kind Christ. of is. No. So anyway, and then Lauren, I find fascinating because Ryan just ignores me. I am talking. ignoring you because that was an insane <laughs> comment, even for me. Like it, even, if, even Wait, if I'm like, I feel like, like it's got similarities. Alvin, you, so anyway, <laughs> I, I just think it has some similarities. I, that's all. That's all I'll say. Sure, Keep going. I'm sure. There's no Demona <laughs> character though, so I mean, I don't know what you want. Mystique's not here, so. Anyway, uh, Lauren is really interesting because she's uh, been in the mutant closet this whole time. And we get some flashbacks in this, which we'll talk about, where she is clearly getting upset about what's happening to other mutants. And it's she's got a lot of control of her powers. She's had these powers for a long time, and she's been hiding them and practicing them, which I yeah. find fascinating. It's so much like Jean Grey and X-Men Evolution. But it's so teenage. Right. Like, wouldn't you do this if you were, like, a teenager with mutant powers and it was, like, not legal to be a mutant? You would secretly practice your powers in the woods. I would. And then she gets really good. I think that's an interesting story to tell. So I think it's great. those... Those two characters they made up for this show, which I'm like, why do we have all these made up characters with these completely random cast of characters from the X-Men? It's so random because it's truly like cutting room floor rights issues characters. And and we have like Marcos, who's like this character that's a combination of other characters that we talked about last (laughs) week. He's basically filling in for Havoc. He's kind of Havoc. I kind of wish he was just Havoc and just like not a white Havoc. You know what I mean? Like there's no reason why he could. I just feel like they're like, there's no reason why Scott. Summers can't be a brown guy for all that matter. I yeah, mean, that's why what not? I'm saying. I, I'm like, it's it doesn't. But I don't think they had the rights to the the word havoc. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I think they just were like, uh, he's a Sun Man. Does he have a superhero name that I've already forgotten? Eclipse. Right, Eclipse. Which is how can I forget? <laughs> the coolest <laughs> well see he's also kind of sunspot he is, is kind is of sunspot where i was going bit, with that right so his name is sort of like inspired by that but then also he's havoc because he's with lorna yeah so anyway previously on the x-men oh jesus christ yeah we kind of did it i mean but we can do it again well real quick uh so they actually have previously on the gifted as like a sort of i skipped it oh i watched it but it's fine it's pretty good <laughs> yeah you always watch the previously on and i'm I like I, I just saw this i don't need to watch this again I'm well like, whatever i watched like, it i wanted I, to know like what they were gonna show my phone, you know <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to know what they're gonna show i mean they show little baby lauren and andy finding out they're mutants they destroy the school during like the semi-formal dance that they both go to and they show polaris attacking some cops and getting arrested and uh she's being prosecuted by this guy reed strucker who's actually the parent of the two little baby mutants on the show Uh, Lauren and Andy and uh, he is trying to offer Lorna a deal and in so doing he's like by the way you're preggers and she's like wait what 
And then she ends up in prison because uh, she doesn't take a deal. She doesn't negotiate anything, basically. So she gets imprisoned. Um, and then Reed learns his kids are mutants and they just blew up a school. And then he's like, wait, should I not be a prosecutor anymore? It took him all this time to figure that out. So, But that part's interesting. Um, it is interesting. And then there's like a crazy chase scene where there's sentinels, sort of prototypical sentinels, little spider bots, basically. I think these actually do exist in the comic book. I think so, too. And I feel like there were some kind of spider-inspired sentinels on various cartoons we've watched as well. So, like, it's definitely in the mix. And spiders are creepy when they're metal. And so the mutant underground helps the Struckers escape, except for Reed Strucker, who gets kidnapped by the cops again. And the only reason why the rest of the family escapes with the mutant underground is because uh, Blink manages to make a portal back to their base. But in so doing, she like causes a disturbance in the force, I guess. And like her powers are going haywire for the entire rest of this episode because she did that. That, So that's what we're going to pick up in a minute. But it is it is unexplained why her opening a portal has made her completely incapacitated and she's like having seizures and opening portals to random places but also to one specific place over and over again which i actually liked that as like a concept I, i'm sure like that's gonna come up again because she's like i don't even know what that is but like yeah. clearly does like you know? marcos is like so why do you keep opening a portal to this specific road and she just like stares at him for 10 minutes and he's like <laughs> okay fine I, i'll ask you again later all right well this episode actually doesn't open up there we start with like straight up a flashback, a flashback. yeah um in which we in a bowling have alley. the struckers bowling and reed struckers mom the kid's grandmother is here and this is played by sharon glass who mm-hmm. i thought was a great choice for this show because she plays she's debbie great. from queers folk yeah yeah and she's actually also on burn notice yes. which the showrunner for this show also does she's the the mom of a spy on that show and she has kind of a similar role where she like yeah. gets sort of pulled in to a world that she wishes she weren't a part of, you know? Right, right, right. And she's really good at that kind of role. Uh, but I don't know that she's on much of the rest of this show. No, it says that she's got a credit for, like, another episode, but I don't know if... The, oh, that, I think they I mean, might I thought go she was see great. her. I don't know. Well, I love Sharon Glass because when I watched Queer as Folk as... I don't know, like a 19, 20-year-old? It was so many years ago. I don't even remember when it was. She was mm-hmm. on that show, but she played a the mother of one of the main leads, and she was, like, a proud, like... My son's gay. I'm LGBTQ pro. You know, like, so it's kind of cool yep. to see her on a show that is about a marginalized class again. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. So I was excited to see her. Plus, she's an excellent actress. Um, she's great. Yeah. And they're like all playing. I, I, there's just like all they're this. doing boys against girls bowling. Right. So like the, the male members of the family are trash talking the female members of the family. And we see that Lauren, the girl, has already learned that she has powers and she's secretly using them to manipulate the pins to yeah. get a strike at one point. So, like, we know she knows she's a mutant, which but is they gonna, don't know But that. no one else here does know. But the, again, this is where I'm like, I'm like, this is how long she's had her powers and not have, she's not told anyone about them and how mm-hmm. long she's been Because it says this is one them. year ago, which right. means she's had her powers for, well, I think they've said three years, something like yeah, that. Or at least that's when the accident was happening, but I don't know if that's when they manifested the powers or if that's just when she used them to protect her family. Like, that's not mm-hmm. entirely clear. That's true. There's another girl here playing 
she's bowling with her dad and this is clearly yeah. a mutant we don't really know where her powers are her, her face is just kind of going blurry a little bit here and there and yeah there's a bunch of people just making fun of her yeah and her dad is like freaking out being like just ignore her like it's like she's just a kid please stop making fun of them yeah and they're like oh, her face looks like a washing machine like yeah. it's very like oh this kid doesn't pass like no. this, is, this is like a visibly queer kid and like a bunch yeah. of older teenagers are like jeering at her and I mean, laughing and at horrible. her father and, yeah and it's like really fucked up and so lauren is watching this and is kind of can't help but stop and stare at it and be right. like completely distracted by it which kind of stops the game and kind of forces the rest of her family to watch yeah. too and so lauren uh, this is why i think this is really interesting because lauren is like we need to do something and Caitlin's like just ignore them which is like I I think this was an important line because this is kind of a thing that happens in real life where it's like the white privileged person like Caitlin I don't I don't feel like Caitlin's saying it as in like uh like she's not compassionate to them I think it's just like this this societal it's easier to to just just ignore what's happening yep like ignore the the racism that's happening basically because it doesn't affect them you know and or they think that if they get involved it's going to become a problem for them and so to see Laura who we know is actively a mutant and hiding that you but know, closeted I yeah think, i just think it's a good scene i thought that was pretty good it's a great scene and i i also liked that there is a moment where the grandma is like worried looking and like clearly siding with the little girl and like worried about it i yeah. don't i don't remember if she has a line she doesn't step in but like it's clear that she's also sympathetic and that's important to establish because she's going to come back later in the present day and you, the viewer, kind of need to be sympathetic to the grandma in order to care about her at all. I also, I also find it very interesting that this show managed to write in like an entire white privileged family that is genuinely. I mean, aside from the kids that are and eventually read that are mutants, but are generally just like they're compassionate to mutants, but like not really involved because they have that privilege. But like, mm-hmm. and this happens a lot. This happens a lot where there are, are specifically like privileged rich white families that. Mm-hmm want to do the right thing it's very much like like we're helping you because we changed our profile picture to put like a little pride flag on here you know <laughs> what i mean like, like, it's like the like, black square to and, support and, but, black but, lives but matter this, or whatever right right and that kind of shit happens all the time where i'm like you're not yes. actually helping but like i think that this this show manages to do this where they they're like they take that kind of person and then catapult them into the situation where they're like they have to be involved and like you know yeah. how quickly that can that. turn. I think that's good storytelling across. It's the really board. good, and I also really like. So, so what happens next is that the father does get involved, but like it kind of illustrates his entire worldview in life and his cluelessness, his ignorance. I guess I should say, in that he believes Reed believes that if you just follow the rules, if you just follow the law, it's fine. Yeah, and it's like, well, no, because. Mutants are already disadvantaged in we such a way. We should probably explain that the girl freaked out eventually and like some yes. shit. Like I don't even know what happened. It like blew around the room. <laughs> it culminates in kind of like a wind shock wave. I mean, we don't know what her powers are, yeah. but no one gets hurt. I think that's maybe worth noting. But like a table breaks and like some food spills on the teenagers and the entire bowling alley goes silent. Like we're talking about like 50 people here. Like the whole room is silent and staring at this little mutant girl who's yeah. terrified now because she didn't intend to like emit this sort of wind shock wave and she's worried she's going to get arrested like it's like this is a kind of mutant holocaust world where she's just broken the law 
completely by accident you know yeah right and so like reed approaches the dad and he's like yeah. he's like you just need to leave but like he like not in a like get out your mood well, so here's what he says i wrote it down so he go the father goes did you see what they did to reed and reed goes i did and they were wrong but you have to listen to me right now i'm a federal prosecutor and what your daughter just did damaging property with a mutant ability even accidentally that's a serious crime just walk away before the situation gets any worse do it for her. So like in this case, he is kind of bending the rules a little bit because he realizes that the law isn't actually fair because she did it by accident. Right. But he's right. also like, she did break the law though. So if you escalate things from here and somebody actually gets hurt, you're going to be really fucked, but you already damaged property here. So like you already like committed a crime, you yeah, know? Yeah. And the dad looks pissed, which I like that the dad looks so mad at Reed. Like you fucking jerk, but he doesn't insult him. He's just like, fine. And then he, takes his kid and leaves yeah and when reed walks back to his family and is like everything's chill now lauren goes is it why did they have to leave right and there's like no good answer to that yeah yeah this is why i think lauren's an interesting character i feel i feel like it's just i mean she's she's great she's like a great example of like the closeted character who's like oh sick my parents aren't going to support me when i come out guess i'm not going to come out for three years (laughs) haha and then later when amy acker is like oh my god it's been three years like i mean we already saw that scene but like later in the timeline that was a great scene that was like my favorite but it's like this scene is kind of explaining to us, like, this is why Lauren was closeted. She didn't yeah. feel safe coming out right, to right. her dad, at the very least. Which is why, do you think that they wrote in the thing that Reed is a mutant, like, later? Because in no, this... No, I think, I think they had to do it because they were like, well, why... I think they were trying to backpedal on the fact that they chose the Struckers and the Strucker twins that are specifically... Right, can- and also, like, the genetic lineage of it all or whatever right i just it feels like it was added later is what i'm saying because like Um, in these moments i'm like if reed was a mutant why would he be doing this who knows i mean it's a fox property it's entire yeah i know you're right who knows anything well he doesn't he doesn't know he's a mutant all right anyway so we'll get there oh wow really okay no he's not like he he develops i'm pretty sure he develops the powers later and they're like uh oh he develops them as like a 57 year old that's fucking crazy he's younger like, than what? that he's like 40 or something okay still though that's very unusual right well i don't I remember mean, what happens i don't know if it's like an extreme stress situation or if it's like forced out deadpool style you know well, i guess i'll i will judge it when we get there so we're gonna go back to the mutant underground where blinks having her seizures and everyone's freaking out blinks not doing well but she hasn't done it started doing anything crazy yet mm-hmm. then back where they all teleported away. Jace is telling the Sentinel squad to go after the mutants in search of the area. And Reed's being brought onto an ambulance because he was the one that got left behind. And Jace is like, we're going to have a chat about your family once when the serum wears off because like Reed can't move because that little like Sentinel squirted him with like, I don't know, like a paralyzer. I don't know, knockout <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Knockout magic. Okay. I'm going to point out that every single scene that Reed is in, it's like the beginning of of a, of a porno every single time in this whole episode. I was like, "What is going?" Like even in the last episode where he goes to like that bar, that like weird gay yeah, bar, the mutant bar where he like yeah. sits down with Marcos and he's like, "Listen, I got a deal to make with you." Wink. Well, and like he gets the signal from Eclipse. In this, he's gonna then like be 
in, like in an interrogation cell, and now he's like being carted off on an ambulance. And Jace is like, We're and you're like, he him. can't move. And Jace is Jace is standing over him, and he's like, you can't move. And I'm going to interrogate you. And Reed I is mean, like, it's oh like, no, it's like Reed Strucker's <laughs> just in the background of the show, like starting porns but not finishing them. It's like, <laughs> you know, what I mean? it is true that there's like four separate interrogation scenes in this episode alone. I mean, this is why porn is stupid in the first place. But whatever. Well, yeah, because it's always like just absurd <laughs> setups to get two people in a room negotiating something and then suddenly they have to have sex to work it out oh, yeah, right. yeah i mean that's isn't that how real life works i think it is god I, unfortunately i think that is what people like utilize in I terms know. of flirting it's not great anyway yeah so <laughs> yeah so then we go to a different scene we go to prison lorna yeah we go to lorna uh, I, I, we really have to enunciate on this show because we have a Lauren and we have a Lorna and they're yeah. both like major characters. <laughs> I feel like they could have named Lauren something else, but hey, whatever, it's fine. It's not uh, my show. Lorna is wearing a power dampener, which is the first time we've seen in any of the films or the Fox universe, which yes. is interesting. Yes. That it took them that long to get this. Well, here. this is also kind of set in a version of the world where they've developed a lot of anti-mutant technology. Like they've developed these sentinels already, which I guess can target mutants in some form this- and and so on and so forth. They've developed this this. Uh, the callers it's a caller it's like what gambit would put rogue in so they can fuck it's one of those yeah and like there's like everybody else who's there's like in their cells being like oh you're a mutie and they're like spitting on her and shit and they're like hitting on her also because it's a prison scene talk about the beginning of a porno like yeah, i know right like what is going on here and so <laughs> well, it's she... a women's prison and they're trying to make it really scary and the, the camera's like falling really close behind lorna so that we're like freaked out i mean it, it's effective cinematography certainly it is and then um she tries using her powers, but the, yeah, the when collar she gets shocks her, her and everyone just like laughs at her. Laughs, laughs at her. Yeah. And then there's a woman across the call from her who kind of explains to her how the collar works because we need someone to do that. So just in case we didn't get it, like we, we need yeah. to have this random character who I don't know if she ever appears again, who's like, those are collars for muties. It's a flea collar. And she also says the only way she's seen a mutie leave the prison is in a box. Oof. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's all prison prison talk, you know? She's like, you with a crew? Anyone you roll with? And Lorna's like, I got backup, just not in here. Oh my God. Which, great. Can I help her out later? So we're going to go back to the mutant underground, where Warpath is talking to a character named Dreamer, because I'm telling you now, because they don't say it in the episode, they wait like three episodes before they say her name. It is a mutant from the comic books. Again, she was in like a panel somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I can't. The Fox films like cannot. They just cannot manage to like figure this out. There's like so many main characters to choose from. They're like, what about this like random Morlock in the background of panel three of like issue three ninety nine? So her name is Sonia. Yes, I don't know. She's got red hair, so let's know. just say it's Red Sonia. Red. So- oh, okay. <laughs> Well, that's a good movie. Let's watch that instead. Uh, So anyway, so she's talking to Thunderbird and Eclipse. Mm -hmm. I I should just say John and Marcos. I don't even know. Yeah. And they're arguing about (laughs) he just like, like Marcos like ran off when he found out the whole thing with Reed. So Marcos kind of did the Strucker family operation on his own because he was trying to negotiate a deal with Reed to get Lorna out of prison, which that was never going to happen. But Marcus is an idiot. So he's like, listen, I'm going to help this family off the books. And then, of course, it becomes everybody's problem, the mutant underground immediately. And uh, Blink gets them out of there. And now she's creating portals all over God's creation. She's about to create one. That's true. Which we're going to get to in a minute yeah. first. Because right now, Caitlin is 
runs in in the middle of this conversation to be like, she Blink's does. not doing well. She needs a nurse and needs help. And she's like, do you have like a medical bay or anything useful? And Marcus is like, we're on the mutant plan. We have got nothing. And Caitlin's like, okay, that's... <laughs> It's, yeah, I actually thought that was a pretty funny joke that Marcus was like, what do you think we have? Blue Cross? Yeah, we're on the mutant plan. I was I like, know. that's funny. <laughs> and then Caitlin's like, listen, I can't really do anything because you don't have any supplies and I don't know how to help. And Lauren's like, Yeah, she's like, you have like Advil. Like, yeah, I can't I know. really help <laughs> And like duct tape. Her. And so Lauren's like, mom, but they saved us. And then Caitlin's like, okay, I know what we need to do. But again, without a hospital blink's gonna die here she's just going to die and that's when her Mm -hmm. powers go out of control and creates that portal where they see a car coming they're like uh and half the car comes through the portal before the portal shuts and just like slides through the entire mutant underground and people are screaming and jumping yeah it's like a piece the front half or front third of a truck is like skidding across the floor see these are the moments where i'm like this show had money like a lot of money because this is an expensive looking scene. Yeah. I mean, like everyone's like jumping out of the way. Yeah, it's cool. And then it, then it cuts to a commercial break where M. Monet is selling insurance with Archangel to mutant related destruction. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are we back to commercial breaks? I miss this mutant ages segment where we had commercial breaks. Yeah. Remember those? So anyway, then we come back after that. And then uh, Caitlin's like, she's got a cut on her face and, you know, yeah. they move blank to a table. And, and it's important to mention that like this situation created a cut on caitlin's face because it's going to come up again later in the hospital and blink's powers turn on again it goes back to the road where the cops now are and they've got shotguns (laughs) and lauren has figured out how to use her her powers to shut the portal which i'm like this girl's been practicing her power so long that she knows how to interface it with other mutant powers. Yeah. I mean, we also, because she's invented purely for the show, we don't know how Lauren's shields work, or it's kind of like telekinetic shields or something. Like I think it is kind of like little bubbles. Yeah, that, yeah it, right. but we don't really know the extent of her powers, and it's not like there's a Cerebro or some way of, of kind of testing out what they are, or how they work. We don't have any technology here. They don't have access to that, so they, they're just kind of like, oh, this teenage girl can close Blink's portals? Well, that's useful, I guess. Yeah, right. And so they kind of come up with this deal whereby... Amy Acker is going to leave and get the medicine required to help Blink. They've they've kind of invented this sci-fi medicine that doesn't really exist that apparently subdues mutant powers if they're going out of control. And it like you have to go to a hospital to get it, which fine, (laughs) whatever. So that's what that's what they decide. I like how my next note is (laughs) for the entire next scene. It's like all heroes. Now Jason and Reed are having an argument in some room and blowing each other. And then next note is talking about Eclipse. So I just... (laughs) (laughs) You just didn't even write down anything (laughs) that happened in this. Honestly, you don't really need to have written it down. It is is the first of many sexy interrogations between Jason and Reed. Where Jace is like... going on between these two. I'm in a suit and Reed is like, I'm in a different suit. And we're in a dark room together, staring at each other. They spend like multiple scenes being like, I know more about you than you do. And then, yeah, like, and Jace keeps being like, I actually have information on you. And Reed is like, Well, what you don't know is the information that I have. And stuff <laughs> for the entire episode, and it never actually amounts to anything. It's it kind of like, doesn't. Like the culmination of it, like I think the last scene is the one where Reed is like, I just figured out how long you've been jerking me around and that you would have arrested me by now if you had jack shit. So, <laughs> like, why did we have to watch any of these other scenes? Like, what I don't is know. happening? It's crazy. So anyway, Marcos is now in the car with Caitlin and he's assuring Caitlin that she's Lauren's going to be safe and that 
you know, Caitlin's like, you still need to honor Reed's request to get them out of the country. Mm-hmm. And I actually think this is a great scene because we're going to have multiple scenes with these two where, because Marcus was very like on edge around Reed and like, he seems to kind of warm up to Caitlin in this, this episode where he's like, you need to see it from my perspective. And then she's like, Oh, mm-hmm. but we're not, we're not there yet. Cause right now we have to go back to Lorna being spit on. Yes. She sees that there's is this, another, is this, Oh no, it's not that scene yet. This is just a really quick scene where Lorna sees another mutant wearing a collar and it's like, who looks like, Caliban a little bit yeah a little but obviously a woman but she's like bald and she has white skin and like really into you can kind of see the blue veins through her like all pure white skin she's very butch and she also looks freaking terrified and so she's like really been beat down literally and figuratively by living in this this prison right wearing this collar and we kind of see learn more about her later but for the moment it's just Lorna locking eyes with this mysterious other mutant and then continuing her walk down the hall oh and then we get to my favorite scene in the episode the shower scene yeah because there's like a sexy shower scene about to happen yeah but it's not it's that not sexy. sexy it's not it's, it's I, real fucking creepy because like yes emma dumont's naked but i feel like they earn it because she is so scared in this moment and she looks so like more scared than we have ever seen lorna who's like hyper competent and filled with confidence in everything she does but like She's not only naked, but we're watching like this black hair dye trickle down her back as she's in the shower. And then like all the other women, it's another like the room goes silent and everyone stares at the mutant kind of a scene. It's like an echo of the bowling alley thing because she has green hair, like sort of like how some mutants, I mean, Gambit's eyes, Rogue's hair streak, et cetera. Like some mutants just have some other visibly. Whatever's going on with Wolverine's hair. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Some, some other visible mutation about them and and Lorna's is that she has green hair and we just assume like maybe in watching the pilot episode that oh they changed that for the show she just has black hair nope she, the dye washes out I think she's just using like hairspray Ryan and I were having a convo before the show yeah. where we were like why isn't it permanent dye but one assumes she just is using shitty hair dye because she can't find anything better I mean it's actually really hard to permanently dye your hair black like yeah. it's expensive it requires a lot of maintenance so I figure she's just using shitty dye to cover it up so she doesn't stand out in public. But now it's gone. It's really green in the next scene that we see her in. Yeah, it is it is really cool. And it's I, very well shot. It's a very creepy, almost horror scene where we like see all these other women looking at her. Yeah, well, when they first were advertising this show, they, they, they only show previews of the first episode and were like, why is Lorna's hair not green and so when mm-hmm. it became green we were very excited to see that and it was it's like, very cool it's a very cool it's more scene. than a lot of the other fox films have done because there's been scenes like rogue has to get her fucking streak in her hair because of some machine <sighs> or like psylocke has like a purple streak in her hair you know what i mean it's like they just refuse to commit to that gambit has the eyes in that one one moment where gambit's in wolverine origins but... no only his pupils turn red but for the rest yeah. of the time he just has like blue eyes like they just yeah. were refusing to commit to them I don't know why, because I really like that aspect of yeah. the, the lore is just that some mutants just also have other very visible physical mutations. I See, this is something I actually I actually have a problem with in the show is that I'm glad that they have they, they have a pretty diverse cast in terms of like who's in the mutant underground. But like mm-hmm. Blink in the comic books is a character who has pink skin. And I kind of wish they had kept that. You know what I mean? She like, does look very different. You know, like she does have these crazy eyes going on. I think maybe they just didn't want to make the actress wear purple dye that whole fucking time. I'm sure that's what it is. But, you know, who knows? And now they could just apparently CGI that shit. Anyway, so we go back to the Mutant Underground and 
John, is that's his name, right? John Proudstar. Yeah, John. John is talking to the teen boy Andy about Blink and her situation. I just I want to make sure. Okay, there's two Thunderbirds. There's like John Proudstar, James Proudstar. It's John on this show. It's in John the comics. On this there's show. John and there's like James. I think. Hold on, I have to look it up. No, yeah, yeah. His brother James Proudstar, known first as Thunderbird and then as Warpath, is also a mutant and X Men with similar capabilities. I don't know who who's older or younger, but they are brothers. Okay, okay. James isn't on this show, though, I don't think, is he? No. Okay, hold on. John Proudstar. I'm pretty sure James Proudstar is the one that was part of the Hellions. So. This is kind of weird, actually, because James Proudstar is the one who has tracking abilities, and this version of Thunderbird, who is John Proudstar, is named John on the show, also has tracking abilities. So, so John Proudstar is the one who was in... Like the 80s era Uncanny X-Men that introduced Storm, Banshee, Wolverine mm-hmm. to sort of have a more diverse cast. And then yep. his little brother, James, mm-hmm. he's the one that is sort of part of the the Hellions and the New Mutants. Okay. And then becomes Warpath. And for yep. this show, they have combined those two characters. And I not to make things any more confusing, <laughs> but there is a, another Thunderbird who was an extreme X-Men who went by Neil. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I forget what his, I'm, I'm looking that up now. Um, Neil Shara, that was his name. He was an extreme X-Men. Okay. So there's been three Thunderbirds, two of them who have very similar names and are brothers. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, well, I mean, it makes sense they have similar names, they're brothers. But also, you may remember in Days of Future Past, there is a version of Warpath in that for like two seconds. Do you remember that? I do. He dies immediately, along with Blank. Okay, so Neil Shara, who is mm-hmm. the one that's an extreme X-Men, he's he's Indian, by the way. So that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Which, although I think it's kind of annoying that they were like, we had the, they had, <laughs> they had two indigenous Native Americans, and then they were like, and then India. And I'm well, like, guys. Like, like, did they just think that was like a fun joke to be <laughs> yeah. like, well, we used to call Native Americans Indians, but what if there was an Indian guy but, who okay, went what's, by Thunderbird? What's, what's going like, to be really annoying to you is you that <laughs> this version, Neil, he has Eclipse's powers, so they just kind of copied that and gave them to Eclipse on this show. I don't know what happened here. What the hell? Okay, I'm looking at this, and you're right. <laughs> Neil has pla- superheated plasma, which, like, isn't that what Eclipse's blood is made out of? Wow. That's pretty wild. Yeah, see, right? Like, it is It is crazy. That's why I was trying to explain this to you. I was like, hold wow, on. Wow, there I- really are three Thunderbirds. That's wild. <laughs> That's amazing. That's, like, honestly amazing. I, you know, this show really... It makes choices with what it has. I'm kind of surprised that they had the rights to the name Blink, but maybe they never say the word Blink in Days of Future Past, so that's, like, why they could get away with it. But there's actually, like, kind of the same characters here in some ways. Like, not Havoc, but um, they have Blink, and they have Thunderbird slash Warpath on this show, and they're working together to save humanity, question mark, in a dark future where mutant holocausts are happening? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, Anyway, so so John, (laughs) his name is John. John is explaining to a teenager why Blank was on the run and why she was originally in prison herself. Yeah. Uh, And he says she used a portal to steal food from the back of a supermarket. Happens a lot with mutants who can't pass for human. They can't get jobs. One thing leads to another. This is another just quick piece of world building here. I mean, Blink does have pretty intense purple contacts in. So that's enough, I think, to make somebody be like, oh, she has this one mutation. She's probably got another one. And also, we've already seen that she has pretty 
bad access on her powers. Uh, so she probably couldn't hold down a job for that reason. And um, it basically just kind of takes the queer metaphor and runs with it, and as well as the, the sort of race relations metaphor and the other bigotry metaphors here. Yeah. And why people who are put upon kind of end up resorting to crime. And uh, it's not really their fault, or at least I don't believe it is. And clearly John Proudstar agrees with me. So then the portal starts opening again. And again, it's it's opening to the same street. I actually really like this series of shots, by the way, because it keeps opening to this exact same view. But every time we see it, there's more cops there. It's getting So it's like a horror movie almost, where like every time you open the, the secret door, there's more guns. And you're like, oh my God, we're going to fucking die. Like the next time this portal opens, there's going to be a nuclear bomb coming out of it. It's, it's just like a cup of cops at this point. But yeah, like it starts John out a little Hughes bit. This is like Wolverine hearing to hear that the cops are calling <laughs> yeah, the SWAT team. he hears them calling the SWAT team. Yep. Yeah. And then Lauren closes that portal. And then... Yeah, and John is like, uh, BRB. I'm doing something. It's it's fine though. Bye. <laughs> and, like, runs away and like leaves the teenagers to fend for themselves. It's it's hilarious. It is really funny. Then it goes back to Caitlin and Marcos. Where we go to this like it's like in the middle of nowhere. This tiny yeah. little hospital that that is a, specifically a mutant hospital. Or or I guess it's, it's it's become a mutant hospital basically because it's like the only place that's willing to treat mutants yeah. essentially. So like it's packed with mutants. Uh, and I actually think this was really. I thought this was good. I, I thought love this. Whole this whole piece with the mutant hospital, or like you know, a place that's willing to treat mutants, because Caitlin mm-hmm. brings it up, and she's like, "Is there somewhere else where you can go?" And Marcus is like, "They keep shutting down facilities that treat mutants." Like, I don't, yeah. And this is very much like AIDS epidemic. It is, but it's also very of the time period this came out in, because he has a joke here where he says, "We're born with the ultimate pre-existing condition." Like, do you remember the discourse about pre-existing conditions around like the Obamacare era? Like that joke is like really part of this. It's about how like poor people can't get health insurance, but like mutants are like the most extreme possible version yeah, of that. Where right, he's like, right. our superpower is bankrupting hospitals is another joke he tells where he's like, people just don't want to fucking deal with us, you yeah, know? Yeah. And like, it reminds me of both the AIDS metaphor, but also the ways that like trans healthcare is just considered to be right. Like no, I agree with that. An elective procedure, quote unquote. And like all, all the other kind of pieces of that. Yeah. Um, yep. It's all here. And I, I thought it was really effective. Again, these are just like quick little jokes. Marcos is a very like sarcastic character, which is the only way you can deal with a privileged white lady, honestly. And so, like, it's, <laughs> but it's really effective because it's like, it's funny, but like you can tell Caitlin's getting it with every barb. Like she kind of is like, huh. And like really hearing him. Yeah. And and that's, that's nice. Like, it's cool to see the character growth there. I mean, again, this is, this is Amy Acker just being an excellent actor. So she's great. And she has a good plan here, by the way, it's her who comes up with the plan. Well, I know it's- she's like, so you said a cop shot you, where did, where'd you get shot? Right. And Marcus is like, what are you talking about? And she's like, well, we need to have an emergency in order to get into the ER and get seen. So, like, she takes <laughs> like, off his bandage and he has, like, lava blood. <laughs> so he pretends. I mean, I, I think the wound is, like, would continue to heal if he'd left the bandage on. But right. he just starts screaming wildly and acts like it's a new wound. Obviously, it hurts already. He was shot in the arm. And so he starts screaming and, like, Caitlin pretends he's her boyfriend. And she, like, runs up to the front desk and is like, my boyfriend's hurt. You need to see him immediately. We don't have time to sign any paperwork. So they get into 
a room with a doctor and we get like a quick cut to the doctor giving him stitches. Well, there's that commercial break first where Gambit's right. introducing a gambling <laughs> app and he's like betting on who's going to win between like the Brotherhood and the, like it's like a, a gambling app on like mutants. It's like, hey, and they're like, Gambit, you probably shouldn't do this. And he's like, hey, we are going to make money? Don't we, Mona Me? And like, <laughs> oh, Gambit. Why isn't Gambit on this show? I don't know. That would he would be excellent for a TV show. He would actually be really good on the Mutant Underground. Like Marcos kind of has some Gambit energy in certain ways, where he's like telling yeah. jokes and stuff. I know, I know. It's too bad. Well, anyway, so then we come back, and so Marcus is getting stapled up by the doctor, and he's telling this story about how he like. Yeah, he's like, I was fixing the roof, and I fell. I definitely wasn't shot by a cop. Yeah. That's not what happened. Yeah. And then afterwards, the doctor's like, "Hey, Caitlin, can you come?" come over here and talk to me yeah this is a situation where he's like he's he sees that she has that wound on her face that has been cleaned up at this point from when the car came through the portal Mm -hmm. but she still has it's still recent and so something happened and so the doctor's like making sure she's not part of a domestic abuse situation Mm -hmm. and she's like no i'm not he's like well you are dating a mutant so therefore he's like some people think it's exciting to date a mutant and it's very like, so your boyfriend's bisexual. Do you realize how dangerous that is? Yeah. It's like, that's kind of the undercurrent. I, I love how Caitlin switches. Like, Amy Acker's just like, yes. she's like, it's not that. She's like, you no, can, fuck she, you. She's like, you can <laughs> fuck right off. And I'm also going to steal these scrubs. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like she sneaks down a hallway and steals some nurse's scrubs. And she also kind of like pulls some of the hair over her scar so that she like is looking a little more normal as she's like quickly walking around the hospital but the doctor meanwhile is gonna go call the cops yeah <laughs> like, right right, right. Back. the doctor did not believe her it did not work right so it, but in the meantime john is still talking to sonia yep and he's like hey the cops are calling back up and we need to get ready to run and she's yeah. like no we need to just get rid of blink and honestly I my my thought is like I no. Get it. I'm like Sonia's right. Why don't we just move her to a different location? That is like- well because I th- I think John's argument is if we move Blank, she'll die. But like it's not really clear why that would be the case. Well, everything we know with Blink in this is not explained. It's just it's not. It's really not. Like, so it's we're like, never going to know why her powers are doing this. She doesn't have any physical wounds at all. So, like, why would physically moving her... Like, okay, if she had a gunshot wound in the belly, yeah, you wouldn't want to move yeah, her. Yeah, right? But, right. like, she doesn't have any wounds. She's just convulsing on a table and causing portals that, like, could result in everyone's death. So, like, I, I don't yeah. know, move her to a baseball field somewhere? <laughs> but I, I guess it's also, like, where are they going to move her to? I don't know, throw her through one of her own portals. And wouldn't she create a portal in the car on the way there? Yeah, I guess like, that's it, a good it, point. They don't really have time. I mean, I feel like it would make more sense if John was just like, we don't have time. Yeah. We need to evacuate right now because she's creating portals that are going to destroy the building we're in. They don't know the extent of how crazy it's going to be. But No, yeah. that's true. They don't. But I think John can predict it because he can tell it's getting worse. And he has yeah. no clue when or if Where, Caitlin and Marcos are ever going to get back. Right. Like He's like, they might just die out there. Like We don't know. So Sonia doesn't want to let anyone leave because she's basically like, we speak spent however long building up this mutant underground in this specific location like they have a lot of people that live there that we kind of see later in the app where they're like running away there's like multiple mutants there's multiple protections in place they have like this whole fence set up like this is a pretty well kept up operation so you get why sonya doesn't want to abandon it 
but it's also like we're all gonna die so that that part of the conflict i at least understood yeah i i agree with it then we have another sexy scene with reed and jace (laughs) (laughs) this is is another one where like jace is like listen i know that you went through lorna's files and you tried to bribe her about doing the stuff with her baby and reed is like you have no proof of anything you just said and jace is like well shut up well this is when jace (laughs) like like, he has nothing this is when jace explains that whole thing where his daughter died because of blast between mutants he doesn't know if it was the brotherhood or the x-men if they were good or bad but he doesn't care because his daughter's dead he goes people talk about the x-men they talk about the brotherhood here's the thing i'm never gonna know if the blast of energy that killed my kid came from a good mutant or a bad mutant and guess what i don't care yeah. And it's like, on one hand, I get that for character motivation. But on the other hand, your kid died in a freak accident. Like, <laughs> I know. Your kid could have been hit by a car. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it was an accident either well, way. I think it's because it was like the mutants. It's a whole different level. Well, but. yes, of course. But I actually also think it does matter. Intent does matter in this scenario because it's like how we prosecute murder. Like, intent yeah, is pretty right. baked into it's crimes. It's pretty important, right. It's like pretty important. Like, he's a prosecutor. So you would think maybe he'd be like, okay, was there a motivation to kill my kid or was it an accident? <laughs> yeah, According I, to Jace, he's like, knows? I don't care. And that's why all mutants are going to die. But this is a very classic. That's how Jace has your cable voice. I don't know what's going on here. I don't, but... I don't know how to. I don't know. I he, he's, got a, he's got a low voice. He does. That's he what does. I, that's he what does. Going for. So Reed is basically like, you have nothing you can charge me with. And Jace is like, other than being sexy. And then it's like... (laughs) (laughs) Then we go back to the jail. We get a cafeteria scene. Classic, classic cafeteria scene. So she goes, Lorna goes up to the other mutant that she's seen, who is sitting alone. (laughs) And she tries to sit with her. It's very high school. And she's like, um, I'm Polaris. Um, And the other mutant is like, get the fuck away from me. And she's basically like, things are bad enough in here without people like you making it worse. Like, don't call attention to yourself. Get the fuck away from me. And Lauren is just like, oh, shit. I'm like really fucked here. Like I have no allies. Well, Lorna, Lorna's asking her uh, and thinking about the collar. She's like, hey, so like, yeah. She's like, how do we get him off? And the other mutant is like, you don't, dumbass. Like that's kind <laughs> of how they operate. Yeah. She's like, you think you're the first person to think of that? Which is a fair comeback. Like it's like, yeah, they probably did make them really hard to get off. So, oh, so that then the, the girl leaves and Lorna's like, uh oh, yep. spaghettios. And then we have another commercial break. <laughs> Which is Beast and Forge are building crazy couches <laughs> that do crazy things. It's a sectional that moves. You can take the sectional apart. It can have multiple levels to it. You can add stairs if you want. You can have a sectional that makes you a martini. Like, <laughs> is this another Beast and Forge got too stoned and yeah. like thought it would be cool to move the furniture around? Podcast okay. episode. Okay, I, honestly, it's because we're watching this on Hulu, so I'm just translating the commercials that I'm watching, which there are too many of. Oh, I have commercial free Hulu. <laughs> So I, I was like, "Wow, that's so creative!" How did Ryan come up with this couch thing? Okay, but but it's like uh, a real however, commercial. I I did was thinking about how Beast and Forge would be the people that have invented those new couches that yes. like come in pieces that you can move around and put together. Yeah, and like part of them can like have you press a button and it like angles itself upward or whatever. Yeah, or like or like all those those oh um, the sleep number beds. Oh my god, <laughs> they would be the ones that would be like refurnishing those tiny apartments to have like desks that turns into walls and 
also couches and beds. You oh, know what absolutely. I'm talking about? Yes, Although, I do. Have you seen that commercial that it's like, I don't know what it's for, but they're in an apart, like a house being like, the previous owner did crazy things. And it's like, instead of stairs, we have a slide. And they have to like climb up like a children's slide to the second level. And then they're like. I love stuff like that. Then I- they show a bathtub and they're like, it's a bathtub Murphy bed. And then the bathtub goes up and water just spills everywhere out of the wall. It's like, that is the level of shit that I imagine Beast and Forge are creating. It's like, yeah, really. Like the X Mansion can never be sold on the, on a market again. <laughs> yeah. Not because of the guns, but because Beast and Forge have built like a thousand Murphy beds that like fall on you. What what commercial is that? What commercial has <laughs> the Murphy bed <laughs> bathtub that falls on you? I mean, it's on Murphy it's bed f- bathtub is a crazy set. Uh, I, I was going to say, I think it's insurance, and it is. It's a Geico commercial. So, oh, of course. So, of course, it's a joke. Like, it's not like advertising. I mean, I would say that most commercials these days are pretty bad, but Progressive and Geico have managed to keep them pretty interesting. They so. are pretty interesting. I don't um, know what the hell really got to off do topic here. But I feel like uh, the Geico Gecko is just Gex on a different gig. That's how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of is Gex. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we go back to the show. Caitlin's watching a nurse do some shit in her own. Yeah, Caitlin is in Scrubs, and she kind of she's she's actually amazing. She like could be a super spy. Like she like looks at the whiteboard. She's like, okay, that's the doctor's name. Here's who's like on service for these different things. She like walks into a room and like sees another doctor and is like, oh, Mr. Embry needs you in radiology. And the woman leaves because like obviously she's like seen like, oh, that's the doctor that's in radiology. I can get this woman out of this room. Yeah, yeah. And like as the woman's leaving, she's like letting one of those locked auto locked cabinets of drugs close behind her and Amy Acker like rushes forward and puts her fingers in it so it doesn't fully close and manages to like keep it open. She takes a bunch of medication just like dumps it into a bag Yeah, and and then then, runs. Then she walks outside and like Marcus is standing there. Oh yeah, she sees the doctor talking to a bunch of cops first. She sees the doctor and she's like, oh and then she sees, runs to Marcos and is like we have to get the fuck out of here and Marcos is like, did you get everything? And she's like, I think so and he's like you think so? We can't do this twice and she's like, shut the fuck up the cops are right outside the door and we are now leaving or we will die. And Marcus is like, okay, that's chill. Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and then they run out. Uh, Marcos uses his powers to like melt an exit door behind him, which is pretty cool. Well, because they're being chased by the cops now. Yep. So they lock them in basically and uh, they get away. But uh, then we go back to prison. Lorna's in the prison yard. The ladies are lifting, lifting weights. And then we we meet like kind of one of the prison leaders. Uh, it's this woman with a bunch of scars on her face, um, and she she's kind of, it's kind of a similar like thing where we have multiple black characters on this show who hate mutants. <laughs> and I'm starting I, to be like, I don't, I don't know what, what to think is of this. going on here, but like I don't think that's great. <laughs> I don't know if it's great. Like I I'm also kind of like I guess it's kind of of the politics of the time. Like there's sort of stereotypes about like um, black communities not liking queer people and like. Some of that is sort of historical to how much imperialist Christianity was, like, dominating black communities, like, literally in fucking slavery times. You know what I'm talking about? Where, like, those communities were sort of, like, more Christian. But I, I don't know. I think at this point, those stereotypes don't make any sense anymore. And, like don't follow so i was i i hope this show isn't like trying to assert something there but i did start to notice it i don't at this think point, where i was I like it's just like what's going on i don't on know here? what to make of this but it maybe it's just a coincidence they're doing colorblind casting they have a lot of different actors on the show so it's this woman she has scars on her face 
And she is like the leader of a prison gang that also includes multiple mutants who she's kind of like subjugated to her will. Right. right. And she's like, muties in here. They work for me. And we see the previous mutant along with another one, like sitting behind her silently yeah and lorna is hilarious here she's like what if i decline this exciting opportunity (laughs) she's like being (laughs) snarky and funny and the woman the gang leader woman is like oh you don't want to do that out there you got powers but in here i got powers and like all of her other kind of gang members are sort of circling around lorna like she's surrounded and Lorna goes, I bet you're pretty glad you met me in here then. Let me guess, you get those beauty marks from one of us, like the facial scars. Yeah. And then the woman looks pissed in response. And Lorna tries to like turn around and leave and be like, yeah, whatever. Nice talk, ladies. But then as she's turning, the other women grab her and start like kicking the shit out of her. Yeah. And they're like, you know, trash talking her, calling her a mutie and all this. And Lorna starts like coughing, but then just uses her powers, even though she knows she's going to get electrocuted by the caller. She just uses them anyway. Well, first, it's what happens because that lady that's the gang leader or whatever, mm-hmm. she decides to be like, I heard you're pregnant. And oh, she you're kicks right. her yeah. in the stomach. In the which stomach. Is you're right. So I skipped fucked. that part. And it's that is really what makes fucked. Lorna be like, she Fuck uses her powers while she's getting electrocuted to take a metal table and slam the woman into the wall. Yep. So it's pretty badass. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a pretty I, epic I fight scene. Love her. Yeah, Lorna is kind of the coolest. Well, they do a really good job translating her from a comic book to. I mean, she doesn't have a baby in the comics, but they. There's so many times where we've watched these Fox films of Fox properties where I'm like, they say that this is this character, and they vaguely look like them, and vaguely have their power set, and like that's as far it goes. Whereas this is like Michael Fassbender again, where it's like, yeah, I could believe right. like that they actually did their source material research yeah. and was like, let's go. And she has. A similar undercurrent of anger in her that like michael fassbender also brings to the role that is great to see yeah i think for what it's worth i would love to see her reprise the role one more time in the mcu even though i have very complicated feelings about that maybe she'll be in deadpool 3 you never know well, yeah but like if she could be alongside <laughs> elizabeth olsen they they just have the right vibe her the two of them, Elizabeth Olsen, Emma Dumont, and Michael Fassbender, I would believe it if they brought them all back together. I was like, all right, can you just be like family Magneto? I would be like, yeah, I would buy it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, now we're back at the Mutant Underground. John is preparing everybody to leave. And that's when Blink's powers go crazy again. The portal opens again. They see the SWAT team. Lauren's trying to close the bubble, but she can't hold it, which results in the portal getting bigger. And one of the SWAT team members comes through the portal. Mm-hmm. And... John fights that dude, and then Andy runs in and tele- telekinetically throws like all the cops and people around, and like everyone in the room also just like flies backwards, like Blink falls off the bed, and that yep. and that results in Blink creating tiny little portals all over the fucking place that are like yeah. shooting shit around, and everyone just starts screaming and running away. <laughs> yeah, I just realized that's why you your display name for this call is Portal Gun. I just put that together literally right no, now. No, it is like a the video game portal is happening inside this mansion wood is splintering floors no longer exist <laughs> levels don't exist there is also like a moment later in the episode where amy acker like jumps through one portal to get to another level it's pretty like video gamey <laughs> really do you remember is. that part i do it's, 
I do. It's weird. Like she's like looking through it and like sees John on another in another room that's like further down and like jumps through it. Yeah, it's you know? it's cool. And there's little robots and they're like, "Are oh, you yeah. still there?" <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that? Oh my God. That game's so good. <laughs> I that that's one of the few games I've played twice. Like it's so good, which is not hard. I, it's I a very game. short game. Yeah, um, but it's such a classic. It's really, it really good. Is, so is. John is is evacuating. Crazy techno music's playing. Oh, you don't want to hear the commercial break where jubilee is yeah, opening no, up a, she's opening up her pizza delivery service where like she eats the pizza that she's supposed to be delivering on the way and like <laughs> what is that a real commercial no i don't know what i don't know what the commercial was i just saw something about pizza right. and it was like jubilee anyway now jace is talking to reed again and that's when jace has brought in reed's mother who we saw at the beginning of the episode yeah so this is this is jace's him. big plan is that he's like Okay, so you want to answer any of my questions. So I brought on your mother for interrogation in this other room. So come on the other side of this double-sided mirror and watch me, like, harangue your mother with stupid questions. Yeah. Like, for no fucking reason. Which, this is all just intimidation tactics that cops do in real life, too. And Reed knows that because he himself is a cop. And he's like, you're just doing this to try to get me to confess to stuff I didn't do? And, like... I'm not gonna do that because I'm not dumb. Right, right. But like, it is a really well written scene. Like, you can kind of overhear like Reed's mom being like, "My family wouldn't attack anyone," and they're like questioning her about her like going to a march against apartheid in 1984. And they're like, "So we already know you care about human life. Apparently, you like mutants too." And she's like, "What the fuck is this conversation?" <laughs> like. I liked the writing of it, though. Like, I liked sort of the implication there that, like, both of those things are leftist causes, like, dangerous activist causes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they're, like, kind of drawing that parallel. And the interrogator is, like, going on and on. And and Jace kind of just says to to Reed, he's like, you can stop this at any time. Just tell me how to find your family. And that's how the scene ends. Um, I I don't remember what happens in the next interrogation (laughs) scene, but... Reed gets out of it somehow. Uh, well, I, I, yeah, I'm going to say, like, I'm looking ahead, and apparently I stopped taking notes after the next commercial break, so I don't have anything from the last five minutes of the episode. Amazing. It's not that complicated of a show, to be honest. It's a dark show, but it's not a complicated show. So, so well, we go, we are going back to um, the Mutant Underground, and or on the way to, and we're in the car with Caitlin and Marcos, and Caitlin's like... Caitlin's like shocked about how little rights mutants mm-hmm. has. And so Marcos is explaining that. And he's like, listen, we've all had to do things to get by. I've had to do some crazy shady shit to get by until Lorna saved me from that life. And so therefore Lorna's my family. Caitlin's like freaking out. She's like, oh my God. Oh my God. We need to turn around. Something's wrong. Marcos is like, oh, that's just one of our mutants who projects fear. Although it's not usually this strong. So th- something is probably wrong. And I was yeah. like, okay, that line. <laughs> and then what turns out, so they like go through like a little like fake wall and then like a fucking like dark elf from Baldur's <laughs> Gate looks out. Or, like, Skyrim. I was, like, really displaced. I was, like, right? Like, he looks like like a D&D character just walks on Yeah, out I'm trying to find my note like if I wrote something dark like elf. that there. I don't think I actually wrote down that he was a gay dark elf. I was I wrote dark elf thinking yep. Skyrim, but really he does look like something from Baldur's Gate currently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's a gith or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. And I, th- I think that he's the one projecting the fear. I don't know why they have a dark elf there. I think I don't he's the one projecting really the fear. I understand what's yes. going on. I, I don't know that they actually like spell that out, but I made that assumption as well. That he was the fear projector guy, which also feels like a Baldur's yeah. Gate pre-power like it kind of is i think it really does it's like I was the like, fear what ring is he's like wearing that and he's casting that over and over 
Um, so he does anyway, that. So there are portals flying all over the place. People are running out of the mutant underground, screaming. Caitlin sees her kids, and she's like, "Oh my god, you guys are okay!" And then. Then Marcus is like, give me the shit so I can run in and like stop yeah. this with Blink. And Caitlin's don't know like, what to you do. don't know how to yeah, do it. Yeah, she's like, you don't this. know the dosage. You don't actually know how to like put it in a syringe safely, probably. <laughs> like, you are right. a nurse. Caitlin's like, I'm going to run in and I'm going to do something about this. I love this for her. This is like a true hero arc for her. It is. And because it, this- like her kids are like, mom, don't go in there. Like, you could die and like fall in a portal, get sliced in half in two seconds. And Marcos doesn't want her to go. Like, no one is telling her to go, but she's she just runs in, like, not listening to anyone. It's very badass. Yeah. Um, and this is when she leaps through the portal to, like, another floor. That might be another scene. Yeah, that's um, just, like, her no, running No, it is. Around. Yeah, that's, that's, that's where we are. It's her running through the portals, and she sees John and Clarice downstairs in another portal and, like, leaps through. Oh, sorry. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> We're almost done. Um, and then she... <laughs> Right, he just pauses. She's like, Ryan cannot get through an episode of this without Sonic yeah, that's, music. Yeah, that's the six the p.m. Background. Sonic alarm going on. <laughs> it's like six p.m. Don't forget, Sonic is here. Sonic's like, "Are you hungry, Chili Dogs?" <laughs> Actually, that would be a really cute alarm if you add that. If it was like Sonic goes off, so right? remember to eat. Uh, but now I just want Chili Dogs. So whatever. Okay, so she gets up there and she injects Clarice slash Blank, whatever you want to call her, with this this medicine. Yeah. It's a nice scene where she's like, I need you to be strong and, and like, you stay with us and focus. And the portals finally fucking stop. And John, like, sighs in relief and is like, Jesus. Well, it's because she's injecting her with, with, with stuff. The I don't know. Yeah. This is medicine shit. And, like, it finally stops. The portals stop. And everyone's like, hooray, Caitlin's the hero. And I was like, I love this. And she does continue after this to be sort of like the, the medic doctor, for yeah of this yeah, group. which is which is awesome it's great in the comic books there was a human doctor who worked at the x-mansion annie oh right it's very we complicated about her. situation where she had a, a mutant child also but unlike caitlin she had like problems with mutants. she's right. like it's not that i dislike mutants i'm just scared of them mm-hmm. was sort of her deal but then she ended up dating bobby which is like well well <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll, like, that'll turn you off mutants am i right <laughs> oh my god right but was also like north stars bff so i kind of wonder if they pulled a little bit from that character for her mm-hmm. i don't i it don't seems, know it honestly seems like a better written version of that character because it's a lot more nuanced and they actually give her the opportunity for some growth over these just these yeah. two episodes i'm not sure that it stays that way. I mean, I, I know from you that this show's going to run out of ideas <laughs> pretty soon. So, like, I'm enjoying it while we can. Yeah. Uh, but for now, it's good. I'm sorry. She did, She doesn't... Does she date Bobby? I think she does for a while. But, like, really she wants to do is date Alex? I think you're right. Because I feel like I remember that. I feel like she dates both of them. And then also North Stars tried to date Bobby at the same time. And that's, like, a whole thing. And Bobby's like, I'm definitely not gay. Except for... Then he, like, almost passes up, and he's like, hey, handsome. And everyone's like, what is... I think she and Bobby, like, kissed. I'm, like, scanning an article on the internet about her backstory. I, it's like... But I don't I don't know that they, like, dated, dated, but I think they, like, kissed once, and Bobby was like, um, that's icky. I gotta go. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, But yeah, Annie, Annie is who you're thinking of, for sure. Annie Gazakanian. Yes. Anyway, so the end of this episode... There's two other pieces that I remember, but I didn't write down. And one is that that all that shit going on between Reed and Jace comes to a close where Reed is basically like, you've overplayed your hand, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. he, he's like, 
you've you've given me too much information. He has a fun monologue here that I can read. Like Good. so so Mr. Strucker goes Cuz I didn't write anything down. Isn't there like a whole other scene with Blink too that I am I missing? There is. I'll I'll do that first cuz it's really quick. So that's the scene we actually already referred to where John goes up to Blink and who's like lying in kind of like a makeshift hospital bed and he's like, "Yeah, you kind of ruined the building, but like it's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm just glad you're okay." And then he's like, "So I wanted to ask you why you kept creating portals to that one street? Like what happened there?" And she just pauses for like a minute and then she's like, I don't know. And John is just like, <laughs> okay. I actually like that John responds by saying, I'm sorry to that. Yeah. Because it's almost like he can tell that she was triggered in some way, you know? And so, yeah. and then she's like, what? Like, why are you apologizing? And he's just like, you should rest and like leaves. And then Clarice says, I'm sorry to him because she obviously feels bad about the fact that like, I mean, she's a mutant, so when she has a panic attack, it's really bad, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, she basically, right. like, ruined a house and almost killed a lot of people. And John is like, it's all right, and then walks away. And Clarice just looks really sad. Um, and then there's a really cute moment where Caitlin hugs her kids, and she's like, I'm really proud of both of you. And and she's like, a lot of people have been fighting this fight for a long time, and now it's our turn, which is sweet. It's very, like, white lady who's, like, at the Black Lives Matter rally. And she's like, wow, I'm learning so much today. Like, it's... <laughs> But it's like it's like genuinely really sweet because like she has these queer kids and they're like really supported by her. Um, and then we go to the Jason Reed scene. So here's Reed's monologue. He goes, you had a bad day. You lost millions of dollars of equipment. You let six fugitives slip through your fingers. I've been in your shoes long enough to know you're desperate. So here's what's going to happen. We are going to make a deal today, but we're going to do it on my terms. I'll cooperate with you, but I'll go down for this alone. My mother's going to go home along with anyone else that you may be thinking of dragging in here. But most importantly, my wife and children stay out of prison. And Jace is like, your wife assaulted a Sentinel services team. (laughs) And Reed is like, if you want me, they go free, period. And all of this is going to be worked out by the lawyer that you bring in here right now. And Jace is like, fine. You get your deal. One condition. I get the mutant underground. Which I don't know I don't why remember. Reed agrees to that. <laughs> he does. I, I don't he remember nods, what happens with that. But I, I wonder if maybe he just lies because, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen there. But I just was like. I can't remember. He's I feel, not going to give them up. Like, there's no way. He wouldn't do that. I feel like, I feel, I feel like he might. That's stupid, though. But I don't remember. Because he, ha- he completely has the upper hand here. And, like, Reed Strucker is aware of that. He's basically like. I know everything. You know nothing. You can't prove I committed a crime. You guys attacked me, and then you lost six fugitives. I honestly don't remember what happens, but it obviously doesn't affect things because... Well, it can't, because the show has to continue. (laughs) Like, they can't bust the No, because I know, like, in a few episodes, when they bring in, like, the cuckoos, Jay still hasn't figured out where they all are, you know? And he's, like, running around. So, you know, I, I don't know. And then, so isn't the final scene of this is, like some random scientists <laughs> yeah so this scene is like a fucking post credits ass scene <laughs> really is which is one. bizarre i mean it's very like also i guess of the time it's and of the time i mean like 2023 also like we're still doing this so it's like the post credits it's not literally that but it kind of has that vibe so like a guy's talking to a random doctor these characters aren't named we literally don't know who anyone is i don't think we're, they're ever gonna come back so they're just two random guys in lab coats who are like shooting the shit and one of them is named by the other guy because he calls him Joshua. I, I just transcribed this. <laughs> so, Joshua, I need you to look up whatever files we might have on mutant siblings. There was an incident in Rio, I believe, in the 60s. 
how does he remember that? So then he's like Googling it and he's like, yes, there you go. It's like fucking Krieger's over here, like pulling it up, you know? Yeah, like Krieger from Archer. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay, he actually does kind of look like him. It's an actor. He's from. He kind of does. I mean, he's a white guy with brown hair. He has that kind of vibe. He's he's the guy, he's the dad from Raising Hope, if anybody watches that show. But he's like playing a serious role on this. Uh, So the random guy in a computer is like looking for everything about the Struckers. And then the other guy Krieger is like get me the head agent on the Strucker case he and I should talk yeah and the computer screen shows this old article from I guess the 60s that says mutant terror in Rio de Janeiro so I guess I just am now putting this together we've kind of talked about this before um like it's sort of the boys from Brazil concept and like how the the Nazis in Argentina that Magneto fights like the idea of Nazis escaping to South America is that supposed to be why it's in Rio de Janeiro? I know I keep bringing up Nazis, but it's not wow. my fault. <laughs> I don't, like, do you know what I'm talking about, though? Like, is that what this is going to be? I do know what you're talking about, but I wasn't really thinking about that. It has to be, right? Because why else would it be in Rio de Janeiro, like, specifically? Well, I think you're right, because also this show has been pretty good at... And the... it's, like, referring to the Magneto of it all. Yeah, this show's been really good with the metaphor, so you're probably right that it is a callback to that. Yeah, and I think they also... This is a show that feels like it's thinking a lot about politics. Like, a lot, a lot, a lot. Because the whole healthcare stuff, like, all of that is, like, very aware of the politics of healthcare in the 2010s and is kind of responding to that and is also sort of trying to imagine a near future. It's still relevant. It hasn't really changed Tragically, still relevant, yeah. But, I mean, this show is actually pretty... Like, by this point in the mutant ages, we're getting up to almost the present day. Like, when did this show air again? It's like 2018, something. It came out at the same time as Logan. Yeah, so we're pretty close. 2017 to 2018. Five years ago. Like, we're pretty fucking recent at this point. So... It's not like we're talking about years and years ago. No, you're right. Anyway, that's how the show ends. Um, there were only two episodes. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> I'll give it a five. I thought it was a great ep. I liked it. I thought it was a good episode, too. Five out of five. I'm, I don't have any complaints about it. I think it's pretty strong. I mean, we I like... have one complaint, which is why couldn't Blink do anything? <laughs> like, that was really weird. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it was a, it was, maybe, maybe it's it was more like a four a out of five. It was kind of a weird, like, MacGuffin to get the plot to work, but... It's fine. Because the, the, the pilot was a much stronger episode. Yes. But this one's good. Uh, you know. It's a good follow. I'm going to say it's four out of five X's because you're right. The whole Blink stuff doesn't make any fucking sense and it just keeps on going. But I feel like I'm going to leave it a five because I feel like they make up for it by having all the Blink stuff be an excuse to give Caitlyn her hero moment where she runs into a dangerous situation, which only is happening because of the portals. Like, they had to have a reason to show Caitlyn being a hero so that all the mutants would trust her. Like, they had to do yeah. that, and I, I think they didn't quite land that plane. But well, well, establishing some really interesting lore about the the politics yeah. of mutants, because they, they go to that hospital. And, yep. you know, like, I, I just think it's very good. I thought really good and really effective. I also liked all the stuff with Lorna. Lorna was, yep. everything was great with that. And the, the other mutants in prison I thought was good. Yeah, it's interesting. I even like the weird Jace-Reed relationship, even though all four of those scenes were actually pointless plot-wise. <laughs> It was just porn. You know it what? was maybe, literally just maybe porn. Maybe I'm giving it a four, actually, because of those scenes. Those were all kind of dumb now that I think back on it. You're like, you're like, honestly, this show would have been a five until those two guys well, just started blowing each that other. That actually like, would have been great. It's more just that plot-wise, I'm like, I don't know if those scenes needed to be in the episode. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't really know... Yeah, there's no there's no scenes with like two women in that kind of cap- capacity. It's like just them yeah. in the quarter being really weird and homoerotic. And I was like, what's going on here? Like, <laughs> they just wanted to show us where Reed Strucker was up to, but like he's not really doing anything right now. 
He's being detained. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do a quick who's that X-Men about Blink, shall we? Oh, I guess we could do that. I mean, we don't have to. I don't care. No, we can't. Uh, who's that X-Men? Are we going to do it right? We haven't done it in so long. We've forgotten how to no, do it. No, leave it Leave it like okay, that so Todd, so Todd can see that it really is truly as bad as we did it all together that one time. No, I'm going to edit it so it's like really auto-tuned and it like doesn't sound like us, but it's like If you did it like done, an auto-tuned version like, of Who's, who's That X-Men, that would be hilarious. Who's That X-Men? Autitude is not that good. It's like it's like who is that X Man? You're like actually doing it with like. Okay, that would also be really funny if I this did is that. the slap chop. You know, like, yeah, come on. I listened to that again the other day. I thought about you while I was listening. It's a good to it. fucking jam. You know what? It's, Honestly, it's got, the weird era that was like to 2006 to 2009 YouTube videos. Yeah. I feel like it's it needs to come back on TikTok. It isn't back yet, but it needs to. Like that needs to be what TikTok is for is weird remixes of shit. Oh my god, I know, right? The autotune era was it was just very short lived. It was, too. It, was like, it was, but they should bring it back because it's fun. It's fun to autotune stuff. All right. So anyway, um, uh, so anyway, who's Blink? Who is she? she her <laughs> real name is Clarice Ferguson. Um, it, this is going to be interesting because like the version of the Blink, it's not Clarice Fong. No, I think they changed that for this show. Oh, they changed that for the show. Weird. Why? I was like, I just realized that. Like, I'm like, what are you saying? Why did they change it? Okay, well, I guess I'll listen to her story and find out. Okay, so well, I don't know. It's not explaining here, and also the version of Blink on the show is not one from the comic books either. So in the comics, she has the teleportation warp portals that make a blinking sound. I don't know what that's supposed to sound like, because as far as I know, blinking is a pretty silent noise. <laughs> yeah, blinking is silent. What do you mean a blinking sound? <laughs> you know, the sound of a blink. Here, let, let's, Ryan, let's blink right now, right here on the podcast, so that people can hear what that sounds like. And go. That's the sound <laughs> it makes. Okay, that was fun. Anyway, continue. Anyway, she also shoots transparent crystal-like javelins that are also little portals. She first appeared on Uncanny X-Men number 317, and she was created by Scott Lobdell. She was introduced during the Phalanx Covenant. Mm. It was also, like, killed in that. Wow. So that's all you need to know. Wait, wait, really? Is that really the end? No. So, so then they brought Blink back in the Age of Apocalypse alternate timeline. So in the main timeline, Blink just dies during the Phalanx Covenant, and doesn't come back. But she does wind up in like the main X-Men universe for a while because of what I'm going to explain. But so in the Age of Apocalypse, which is like a separate timeline, right? Mm-hmm. She's born in the Bahamas and her purple skin reveals her to be a mutant for birth. Her parents accepted this but feared their daughter would not be accepted. So they moved to Miami, Florida. Clarice was a child when Apocalypse took over Miami because this is the, the timeline where Apocalypse took over thing. And Mr. Sinister and Dark Beast found her and experimented on her, refining her powers. During that time, she was trapped with Ileana and was tortured by the Sugar Band together, which I think in New Mutants, I think that is kind of what they're trying to pull for Ileana's thing in addition to the Limbo shit was the stuff with the Sugar Man, because that was, like, really weird and fucked up. Yeah. So then Sabretooth, Weapon X, and the Resistance Force and X-Men raid Dark Beast's labs, and during that time, they rescue Blink. You have to understand the Age of Apocalypse, Sabretooth is like the main hero. Hmm. Yeah. She becomes the unofficial adopted daughter of Sabretooth, so they have a whole relationship, and she refers to him as Mr. Creed. Uh, Blink grows into adulthood with the X-Men, because that's where he 
is eventually they encounter Bishop, who sets a course of events that prevents the death of Xavier and eliminates the entire Age of Apocalypse reality. Because this is what Bishop does. Bishop needs to stop time traveling. (laughs) He's like literally like destroying reality. Like all he does is cause problems. Like all I don't know why he keeps doing this. It's so funny. I wish that it was just a comedy. Like it should just be a comedy. It should be like Hot Tub Time Machine, but with Bishop and Logan and Cable and forge I, I mean oh my god i would watch that so bad it would be, that would so, be hilarious. so good but anyway oh that's my not god. what it is anyway so <laughs> eventually at some point she's randomly teleported to a desert where she meets a group of mutants from all different realities and this is this is what if basically and i've talked about this when we were talking about what if where i was like what if is just the exiles which is these are a series of comics that brought together random versions of these characters from different realities together to fight a greater force, right? Mm-hmm. And Exterminators did it also. Like, what if is a whole separate comic book series where it's like, it's like, what if this universe, you know, did this happen in that universe? And then, then Exiles would bring those what if comics together in Exiles. So that's why I'm like, I don't understand why what if wasn't called Exiles, but it was probably a fucking rights issue again. <laughs> anyway, so... This this character, the tie broker, explains that each of them had become unhinged from reality. And so he was like, I need you to go to worlds and correct their wrongs. And so Blink becomes the leader of the exiles. And this is really sort of where she became the prominent character that we know of. Because she was in Age of Apocalypse for a little bit, but really her popularity came from these series of comic books where she was leading the exiles. Mm-hmm through these different realities that's cool and during that time she dated mimic and had a, a relationship with him and after the exiles she was teleported away by the time broker where magic at the time who was dead took over the exiles team mm-hmm. and the time broker had lied to blank saying that he would send her back to her home dimension and when she was when she had completed her tasks but instead he sent her to this other dimension uh, where she ended up having to work with the Exiles again and Weapon X to kill um, this character, David Richard, who would become an all-power megalomaniac. And it, it, it's just, it's like this whole fight with them. It's it's really complicated. I, I don't know how how to explain this because Blink in these comics, like she's leading the Exiles and like it's, you're crossing so many different realities that it gets confusing very quickly. And I was even looking at the notes on like Wikipedia and I was like, I don't remember where the fuck this is happening. Yeah. I mean, if it's so many different realities and time periods, it's like, how are you even supposed to tell the story in a linear way? Well, exactly. And eventually at some point the exiles do save her and there's like two exiles teams and they're forced to fight each other to the death. So only six people are left. And Blink is like, she has to fight one of these exiles characters, Hyperion and she prevails by teleporting his own laser attack back at him, which is pretty fucking awesome. I had I read that comic. I I, I read this whole run of Ex- Exiles. It was actually pretty good. It was just very confusing. That's again like the video game portal. Sounds great. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then the Time Broker puts Sabretooth on the team. Then they're back together for a little while. And then the Time Broker's like, "You've got to kill Mimic," which she refuses because they've been dating for a while. Mm-hmm. And so. The Time Broker then introduces this other character, Holocaust, onto the team from Blink's home reality, which fucks her up. And he's like, well, you know, it's we got to repair damaged timelines, and so, like, we got to keep him here. But Holocaust actually finds the source of the Time Broker's broadcast, because this guy isn't here. He's just, like, constantly being, like, giving them missions, like, via radio or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they, like, basically go to his base, 
Um, and then Holocaust, of course, turns out to be evil because his name is fucking Holocaust. <laughs> yeah, and then it turns against them and what? then Blink teleports the team away. That's so crazy. Incapacitates Holocaust. <laughs> I know. And that was sort of like the end of her run on Exiles. But during House at M, there's like a whole st- story like where Proteus is reborn and escapes to re- some reality and the Exiles have to track him down. Mm-hmm. And during that time, Proteus kills Mimic. Then they the Exiles go to kill Proteus. But Proteus takes the body of Morph. And so for a period of time in the Exiles, like Proteus and Morph are like the same character. I mean, like, this is what I'm like. Wow. I'm like, I read these comics. They're bonkers. They do not make any sense. And so <laughs> this is like, this is the version of Blink that is the main character of Blink. I mean, like, the, uh, let me finish this up. So I love this. I love comic books. Uh, oh, wait, I just found the rest of my notes. Apparently, oh like, God, I you, like, just copy put them and in paste after. Them in. No, no, I barely put them That's at really the end You just, like, pause the episode before the end, and you're like, let me quickly write up this blink, who's that X-Men, and then continue no, I, on with the end. I don't end. know what happened That's here. really funny. I'm going to pee my pants. Anyway, so, <laughs> uh, so after all this, after the whole merger of Proteus and Morph, Blink continued to remain on the Exiles, fixing damaged realities and leading the Exile teams. I knew at some point she came into the main reality for a little while and had like a team up with the new mutants. She hasn't been around since. So like when we're talking about blink on this TV show, I'm like, I'm like, it's not the blink from the comic books, but also like, who is that? Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like people love blink. Cause she's like this, she's the leader of the exiles that is her claim to fame. And it's a cool power. Like making portals is fun. Like I, yeah. there's multiple teleporters in Marvel comics, but like right. hers is kind of a fun one. It's kind of cool. And I commented on this in the last episode where I was like, I don't know what Blink's personality is supposed to be on the show, but I also don't have anything to compare it to. So it's not like I could sit there and be like, well, this is the character that Blink is supposed to be. I like literally it's like you could have written any character and been like, this is Blink. Just give her the power set. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll see what they end up doing, especially since this is yet another alternate reality. And this is the Blink that's in this. Right, one. And I'm interested to see what they decide to do for her origin story on this, because like she's like. It's complicated, and I don't think it's going to be Sabretooth is her dad, you know? Like, well, I, I don't know if I they don't can know what they're gonna do, do that unless Sabretooth is an Asian man. No, no, no. No, but but in the comics, like, it's, she's he's not actually her dad. It's like he raises her, so, like, then it would work. I mean, that'd be it, cool. It was like, I, I assume the Gifted doesn't have the rights to Sabretooth, though, so it's not like they could ever do that well they don't even have the rights to bang you they can't the- say his name on the show so <laughs> oh like later on they're God. like your dad was a powerful man oh. like that's as far as it's gonna go jesus christ all right so i have an answer for you about the clarice fong versus ferguson of it all and it's gonna make perfect okay. sense so when days of future past cast blink they ended up choosing fan bing bing to play the role because she's a great actress and she's also famous in China, and I think they wanted international appeal for the movie. I'm, I'm taking this from a fandom.com article, by the way, about this. I'm not just speculating wildly. It's too bad she didn't get to do jack shit in that movie. I know. She dies immediately. So, like, way to pull one over on Chinese audiences who went to the movie to see her. Yeah. But when they cast her, they changed the character's name, I think because they were like, we can't cast Fan Bingbing and have the character's name be Clarice Ferguson. Like, that's not going to work. <laughs> so they they renamed her character in that movie to be Clarice Fong. And then on The Gifted, they had Jamie Chung play the role. And she refers to that in this, in this article and is basically just like, I'm playing my own version of the character, but it's kind of taking from this version of the character where she's an Asian woman. And 
she says it's an homage to Fan Bingbing's version of Blink, but I'm making it my own. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, like okay. they, they went ahead cool. and changed this character and they even changed her name to sort of suit it. And they just continued that with separate casting of a different Asian actress. And uh, yeah, so that explains that. Yeah. I think most people nowadays just think Blink is an Asian character because they're familiar with the movie or they're familiar with the show. And also, I mean, comic books, who gives a shit? She's got purple skin. Who, what, (laughs) who knows? Um, So I, I mean, she does have the last name Ferguson, but they changed that. So there you go. Anyway, that's Blink. Da, da, da. I'm loving it. Time for plugs. Oh, no, wait. Who's gay? The You already know my answer on this. I mean, it's like, Jason like Reed, Reed Sucker and Jace it's like are Jace like in a being like, together. How long can I keep Reed here? Like what? Is yeah, it, it's is like this? it's like I don't I don't know. Is it is it just it's us? like he's interrogating him and he's like I gotta make sure that you're not carrying any like any drugs, drugs on you. So let me let condoms. me go into your asshole. <laughs> Oh, and no. Reed's like, really? Because I was going to order some pizza. You know, it's like, I don't. <laughs> He's like, bring me a cup of coffee. And Jace is like, I'm the bad cop, actually. So I'm bringing a dildo. Wh- who's the good cop? There's, There's no, no good cop. Any- <laughs> I mean, Jace is interrogating him by himself. And then like the other guy who interrogates Reed's mom is also the bad cop. There's no good cop being depicted here. All all of them are I bad just like, cops. I think it's hilarious that Reed keeps on being in these like the start of a porn. It is funny. Like at, repeatedly. I wonder if in episode three, we're going to get four more interrogation scenes. That would be really funny <laughs> if they were just still in the room together. Like if they're just still chatting and they're like, it's hard to make friends as an adult. Like, how do we how do we make this happen? You know, like how do these two tragic closeted men who are both cops for some reason, I, you know, I don't I don't know. But you know, what's interesting is that this this actor, um, what's his name? Stephen Boyer, Reed Strucker or the other guy? No, Reed Strucker. Oh, Billy. I don't know anybody's names. Oh, well, just, it, it's him. But he's he's also on True Blood as like this very highly sexual vampire. So I feel like <laughs> okay, he hilarious. is actually bringing this to the table a little bit because like this wow. is the show that he did after True Blood. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I don't feel like I'm imagining this. I think he like I have not seen True Blood despite being a vampire person. It's fun. So I'm also now realizing that the guy who plays Jace is also on Burn Notice. I mean, apparently everyone is and he's not necessarily gay on that show but that show's pretty gay so like make it that what you will i was thinking he looked familiar but that's why uh anyway yeah that's who's gay i don't feel like there's anything else other than those scenes that i could really make that argument for other than all the prison scenes i guess i mean there's a lot of uh that's not that it's gay, not that gay honestly. though i mean there's a it's it's just not but I, I could see it becoming gay maybe I don't know. I don't know. I think that I think that Stephen Weyer was just channeling some of that True Blood energy still. So it was like, oh, here's a sexy time. Jace is in here. I better bend over. And it's like, whoa, geez, damn. What else is Stephen Moyer in? I did watch a little True Blood. He's been in a ton of shit, but like that's like his. I think True Blood is his big claim to fame because yeah, he was on that for right. seven consecutive seasons. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I'll probably watch that show eventually someday. I don't know, guys. You should check it out. I think you'd like it. I mean, I feel like that's also the show where Anna Paquin actually does a Southern accent really well. And I remember you being like, how come she couldn't do the Southern accent as Rogue? And <laughs> we'll never know. 
Um, well, she was also <laughs> younger then. She wasn't as experienced as an actress. I just feel like perhaps the X-Men movies are not very well directed. No, perhaps that Brian Singer, not a, not very good, it turns out. Um, well, on to the plugs. MutantAges.com. It's still there. It's still our website. I'm typing it in right now. It's loading. Still works. Always a relief. (laughs) (laughs) Always a relief on the website. It actually functions. Yeah, I will say that we no longer have a P.O. box, which I think we announced already. That's true. We we did. We don't have a P.O. box anymore. We retired that. But we do still have every other way you can contact us. We have an email address, which is themutantages at gmail.com. We have a Discord server, which I recommend joining. Lots of fun convos going down in there. And we have a voicemail inbox, which is one five zero eight. 319-1668. You can leave us messages and we respond to those as well as messages from our Discord, questions channel, and email address. Ooh. Is that Michael Jackson? It's ringing my bell, but no, it's ringing my bell and I'm trying to get it to stop. Okay, sorry. Also, we're all over social media (laughs) with the Meet and Ages on every platform. I'm at Minnie Myers on every platform also. I actually am not using Twitter at all anymore if that's something people care about i, I mean know. i'm not on I, like mutant h is on every single platform yeah, mutant including is. twitter i know that a lot of you still use twitter and that's fine i just i don't know i kind of i've kind of gotten away from it but hey if that's the platform you're on definitely follow the mutant ages there we post new episodes there post updates and also funny bits but we do that on all other platforms too so whatever one you're on you can follow us wherever you wish yeah and rye what what platforms are you on these days I mean, I, 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 <laughs> I know, still it's a fraud am on all those every, platforms. Every, every but week and now every other week we have to be like, how are we feeling about social media now? <laughs> I very much at this point am only on Instagram. I do have a Blue Sky account that I barely check. I just, everything that has happened in this past year has made me be like, I don't know if social media is very good or healthy. And I no, just, I, I think it might be bad. I think that like this whole <laughs> explosion where, where Twitter shattered into three separate universes is like, it's really annoying. It is to the I'll point where that. I'm just like, I don't, I don't see the purpose of this anymore. So I've been on Instagram because I feel like Instagram has been pretty consistent all these years. Yeah. It's and so I am posting same, same, stuff there. You can see me skating over there. So like, that's probably the best way to follow me at this point. Um, but, you know, I mean, if you want to find me at Blue Sky, occasionally I do check it in there. Mm-hmm, and also, mm-hmm. shout out to our top tier Patreon supporters. Hell yeah. Samuel B. and Soren B. I don't have a fun voice for you today. But I we appreciate y'all so, so much. Thank you for being our top tier Patreon supporters. Thank you, especially since there was like kind of like a, a couple weeks there. Yeah. Yeah. But we appreciate you and thank you. We also appreciate everyone else on the Patreon who maybe can't afford to back at a higher level. And we appreciate the people who cannot afford to back at all. We love every single one of you, and we ask that you share the show with your friends. Tell them we just started The Gifted and that it's pretty good, but it's probably going to go off the rails, and that'll be a fun listen. And, uh, you know, we're out here reviewing every adaptation of the X-Men until they stop making them. That's what we're going to do. Who knows when the next one's going to be? could happen, like, as soon as tomorrow. I mean, Kevin Feige, that guy is, like, having a full-scale meltdown. Like, what is he doing? Who? Kevin Feige is having a meltdown. I mean, I, I'm not 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 <laughs> to really derail. I was just kidding. I was just kidding around when I said that. But no, well, I, is I he know, okay? but I was not. 
not <laughs> not to derail. Yeah, we never do that. We're always on top of that, that well, no, I felt like at the beginning of like the post end game show, I was like, Oh yeah, WandaVision's awesome. Mm-hmm. Bucky Fox and Bird. Everything after that has been like so tied up in the multiverse to the point where I'm like, I'm like, this is starting to get boring. And every other fucking like movie and TV show series is now obsessed with the multiverse concept. Like fucking, uh, what is it? Uh, Riverdale is doing the multiverse. I'm like, guys, stop. Stop this it. Is, just doesn't make sense. I, it's, it is... It is a fad that I'm already over. Yep. Anyway. It's pretty it's it. pretty rough because I feel like multiverse stories. It's funny because that's actually what we talked about on Triple Click this week, although this isn't going to come out for another month, so it's not relevant. But multiverses can really work if you like start with that as the concept for the story. You know what I mean? Like in Into the Spider-Verse, I for agree. example. Like that's what the story is about, is the idea of that. Well, sure. I and, But it's done well. And WandaVision kind of plays with that too. Like the the world that Wanda's creating, that's not a multiverse, but like that's what the show's about is like the idea of what is real. Well, also I feel like Loki did it okay. Yeah, like, but you know. like you can't retroactively just start adding <laughs> in multiverses to things because then it's like, what is even real anymore? It's kind of like Blink's backstory <laughs> in that way where you're just like, well, that's what I'm saying. I don't even it's know like who this helpful. person is because they're in so many different realities that i don't even know what to care about anymore and it's confusing i just googled x-men 97 just to see if there's yeah, been any see news if there's on it apparently on apparently recently kevin feige was like it's super exciting but the x-men are a solid and rich and great concept of characters that exist the return of the animated <laughs> oh, series next year he's he confirmed the, the they return exist. of the animated series next year oh no which we're very excited about uh-huh i saw some some new final episodes today which really bring you back to that core of who the x-men are the soap opera of who these characters represent and then in live action people People will see he teased perhaps soon <laughs> perhaps soon this poor man <laughs> kevin feige crying himself to sleep at night like why have i done this to myself why is my job like this <laughs> like, i mean it's yeah, he I, created I would, a hell for himself like well it's i don't think he created the hell but well, I'm saying, i feel like he he kind of like got too big too quick almost like i don't know i well the x-men are coming perhaps soon great <laughs> <laughs> and with Better that, not be any more fucking Fox cameos, we'll though. I can tell you that. See you next time. See you and next now time. for a post credits message from Beast. <laughs> <laughs> for what? From Beast. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> what if it was like a post credit? It's a post credits message where Beast comes in and he's like, "Bye, my indubitable sectional." <laughs> it just like leaves. <laughs> well, I was like, it'd be funny if it was like a post credit scene, but it's like one of us, but like an alternate reality version of us played by somebody else entirely. So it's like, <laughs> like, it's, like it's like I don't know, like Sarah Michelle Geller playing me, and like I don't know, fucking Tom, what's his face from Lucifer playing you, <laughs> like Tom <Alex> Ellis, <laughs> <laughs> and they come in and they're like. <laughs> who what's the mutant ages <laughs> this is the golden ages we do a golden girls recap podcast here oh my god <laughs> that would actually be really funny if we did that as like an april fool's joke can we get sarah and tom on the phone oh that's gonna be easy no let's um do- anyway we'll see you next time <laughs> see you next time if you don't understand any of the jokes we just made go see the marvels i guess i don't know it's a good movie it's fine i don't know if that's it's gonna fine. explain anything it won't it won't explain shit but the Miss Marvel TV show, that's actually really fun. I recommend that. Kamala Khan, excellent. Iman Vellani, Queen. All right, bye. Bye. The Mutant.